0: Hello, my name is Jonathan Steele, coming to you through the Stable Podcast, and I want to welcome you to my show. Could you be more specific? And on this episode of Could You Be More Specific, we're going to talk about self-awareness and how you handle yourself, especially publicly. Now, I know the two most talked about incidents uh, recently is what happened with the lady that made the call in Oakland about a barbecue, and also what happened with the guy at uh, Starbucks with. Uh, the comments he made towards uh, some of the, a customer and a employee there and speak in Spanish. And you would think at this point, especially with where we're at now since really 2010 or so, especially with Twitter and just beyond that point from there, that people would have an awareness about what they're doing and how they're conducting themselves publicly in a weird way, it kind of forces you to be more so kind of like not a robot, but. You have to think three or four steps ahead about how you're talking, how you're conducting yourself publicly Uh, in regards to the to the attorney. Aaron, I know uh, I was uh, watching a uh, Hot 97 interview and uh, Ebro, when um, that guy was mentioned, was asked, do you think something's going to happen to that guy because he got kicked out of his law office? And is he the kind of person that, you know, if you were to wake up and you heard something bad happen to him or he did something to yourself, would you be surprised? And he said, no. In relation to that, I, I I would tend to agree with that. That guy felt very confident and very comfortable saying the stuff that he was saying. And uh, it's kind of odd, especially when you look at this guy's background. I don't want to get too much into him personally because I don't really want to attack him as a person. It's more so about what he did. There's not a, a place you can go in this country where a translator possibly isn't available to you or you can at least make an effort to. Make that a uh, not not an issue, but you can make that a a suggestion in terms of how people are able to interact with someone. The fact that he felt that comfortable to start yelling at a manager about someone speaking in another language, uh, it is just as surprising that you would think by him being a lawyer that he would. Do something like that. And when you hear about him being disbarred, I know there's going to be some people, especially uh, people in the in the in the medium of, you know, right wing politics are like, hey, it's a free country and he should be allowed to say what he wants to say because he's a private citizen. Well, there's limitations on all freedoms. And for him, he's not average. He's not an average private citizen. This man, you know, took an oath to to defend people and hold an oath under law, it's going to be very hard for him to practice no matter what field he's in, no matter what type of lawyer he's in. And he doesn't exercise that type of uh, discretion and respect towards the people that he'll end up representing. It wouldn't matter if he just rep companies. That's a huge problem that he'll do something like that. And and beyond that point, if you're a company, controversies like the number one no-no in the game, for the most part, depending on what field you're in. So for him to to do what he did from a public standpoint, to to make the comments that he made, and then he also not only did he you know make the racial slurs in terms of of making that assessment on them, he he talked about them uh, from an economic standpoint, and he also uh, talked about them in terms of ridiculing them overweight. You know, so the guy doesn't draw a lot of sympathy. And nor should he, because if, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, you got to be prepared for what the outcome of that incident's going to be. So you running from TMZ doesn't exactly make people feel like, oh, well, this guy's really standing behind what he says it lets you know that, you know, he was OK in doing that because he felt like no, there wasn't going to be an audience on him and that it wasn't that big of a deal. And uh, and that's very troubling that you would think, especially for someone in the field that he's in, that he would be more aware of that. And then transitioning from him to say what, you know, the lady, what she said about the, the barbecue, she kind of what she kind of said is what I've been thinking about What Michael Eric Dyson said. It's like it's not the act itself in terms of what scares certain people, especially when it comes to to black people. It's just the idea of being black is a scary thing for the public. And that's not to say that, hey, you know. Black people don't, you know, go through the same issues other communities go through because uh, we all know that as human beings, we all got representation in no matter what uh, life of uh, work or uh, family members, personality types. You know, it it covers all spectrums as human beings on what we're involved in. But for this particular lady in particular, for her to make the call that she made and to being that much of an uproar about it, it was just it's very bizarre, especially for someone that, you know, comes from supposedly a an affluent background. And the fact that she she felt like that was that big of an issue to want to make that phone call just kind of like gives up a red flag about her in terms of well, how many people have you been around at all socially? I won't even jump to color because I know her being a white woman. That that element is there, too. Um, I don't want to get too much in a tangent about that, but it's this false like equivalency narrative that I think a lot of times happens where the struggle a lot of times white women, especially when it comes to interactions, it's nowhere near what a black man goes through. And I, I think I may have said this before on a previous uh, pod for the people that have been listening. But what Dave Chappelle said in his comedy special was true when this one lady was uh, and she was white, was, you know, trying to do a comparison of their plight about suffering. And he acknowledged that she does suffer. Just gender alone says she suffers. But when she tried to equate her suffering to black men, it's like, well, no, you don't suffer like that. You still suffer, but you don't suffer like that. In regards to pay, in regards to, you know, there's no redlining preventing women from being able to buy homes in in certain areas. Property, you know, property value when you're someone of color and you decide to purchase a home in certain areas, it can drive property value down. That's not a made up trait. So I think that that narrative and that that equivalency is where you're off base. But for her. You know, just I guess the idea of being seeing that many black people in that closed of a space, even though it seemed like they had some room for sure. But the fact that it was a barbecue and she decided to make a call to the cop and, you know, and I don't as far as I don't know who that cop is, but I'm pretty sure for him, he's probably thinking like of all the distress calls I'm going to get, I'm getting a call about a barbecue This is what, you know, you decided to waste taxpayer dollars on is a barbecue. You're not reporting a crime. And that's another thing for the police where I I sympathize with them on some of that. They're really built and set up to handle conflict situations. And for the ones that still struggle with conflict situations, those are the police officers then obviously need more training and more work. But when you waste a police officer's time and making a phone call about a barbecue, because you see a group of black people that you've never seen before. And and that makes you nervous. Again, I think exposure has a lot to do with it. And and the self-awareness of this particular individual comes into question a lot because being black, we're in rooms oftentimes where we're the only representative of our race in those rooms, but we've gotten so conditioned to adjust to it. It's not that big of a deal for us. And we can handle most of us handle ourselves very well, you know, and we can put on many different sides and faces, which you kind of got to be able to adjust to. And that's another part about being self-aware. You know, the way you behave with your friends, you're not going to behave that way with your friend's family. You know, if I was hanging out with a group of my friends and they're in their late 20s, early 30s, that's a lot different than how I'm going to behave around adults in their 50s and 60s. I have to have enough self-awareness to be like, hey, I can't talk Exactly the same. I can still be in my same voice. It could still exhibit certain traits that are that are pleasant and that, you know, can kind of grab and, and make someone who's around me in that age group feel comfortable. But to say that, you know, I just I, I don't think about it at all. It's something that, hey, just, hey I'm just going to be myself at all times. It's like that's not a realistic that's not a realistic uh, mindset or view. In terms of how you're going to be able to move throughout the world. Like the way, you know, for guys, the way we behave and talk in a barbershop, you're not going to be able to do that in a business meeting because everything is, it's, that's a different environment. It's a different conversation. So those are just some of my points that I had on, uh, in regards to that, especially with those two particular cases, uh, because of, of how it's linked. Because the fact that they happen in that close proximity of time, it, you, you think it would have helped, helped her a lot more so. But I think it actually just magnifies the problem of the extremes is that it don't really matter what you're doing. If you're someone of color or whether you're having a barbecue or you're just merely trying to translate a customer's order in the language that they are best suited to speak at the moment, it doesn't matter. It's still offensive to people. And by offensive to people, it's offensive, unfortunately, to white people. And again, like it's not a, you know, a, a bashing white people in, in general either. It's these particular cases and they just magnify the things that are institutionally placed in our country from a a society standpoint that it really doesn't matter. The rules can be written up as they go. They can be interpreted as the way that they want want them to go a lot of the time. It's like if I'm in fear or if I feel like. I'm not comfortable with something. I have the right to voice it, which if you want to voice that, that's fine. But then it needs to be judged on the merit of it being voiced. And it's no different than someone of color who then makes that voice of what's going on with them. I I saw this other comment from a self-awareness standpoint where this guy put out that white people or white men are the new N-words. And I'm thinking, like, really? You know, are most prisons filled with white men or are you guys being Denied business loans and you have the same credit rating as someone that just got approved with somebody who's a different racial counterpoint than you. Do they sabotage your housing? Are you based off per dollar of of work? Are you being um, shortchanged in that? You know, and hey, it's okay to have that self-awareness in terms of all of us is something that we got to be aware of. Me as a black man. I'm very aware of what I'm gonna more than likely be perceived when I'm out publicly. I, I I just am. I'm living in a fantasy land if I don't uh think that way. And there's certain privileges to being a man overall. As primal and as kinda of like it sounds very, you know, masculine, which I know that that term has kind of been under uh attack lately, especially in this climate, but I'm well aware of, you know, some of the things that I I, I have the uh, the particular advantages of. Like, I've never walked out feeling like, hey, I'm going to be attacked by a group of people necessarily. And that's something that women have to worry about every day. Every day, women do have to worry about that. This is not something that is just made up for for kicks. So I get that. But one thing I've been consistent on throughout this pod and I'm going to be consistent on is that. I'll never attack the individual. I'm just going to attack the merits of the argument because the arguments are are if presented correctly and they're not, you know, uh, and they're not changed and they're not skewed to try and fit someone's argument. You're Just looking at the facts for itself, it'll even itself out no matter what category. And I think that's the, the thing that we kind of got to get to amongst everybody. But in terms of how we decide to interact with one another. Self-awareness needs to become more and more important as we go along this thing. Those are just some of my thoughts that I had in regards to, especially those two, two particular incidents. Uh, I want to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast. I'm looking forward to doing more. Thank, I want to thank D continue to support him. He's got more episodes coming up that he's uh, actually putting up now. Catch him on the Rapture. He's still going forward with his doc series right now in terms of covering that. Looking forward to doing more of these. I I'm definitely, um, Hope to maybe uh, talk with some more people soon, especially on some more topics I want to cover that I think would be really fascinating and interesting. So I want to thank you guys. My name is Jonathan Steele. Thank you for listening. Could you be more specific? And you guys have a good one.